What is up, you guys? This is the podcast that you did not ask for, but you will receive. I'm your host, Hopeful, and this is Make an Impact. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I want to make it very, very clear that this episode is for mature audiences. This is not an episode for the faint of heart. We are dealing with some very serious topics today, and I do want to set out a trigger warning for depression and suicide and I just want to make it very clear that this is for mature audiences and please use your discretion when deciding if you will listen. This episode, as hard as it can be for some people to hear, I think it's a very, very important conversation to have and when I started this podcast, I was very committed to showing real and authentic points of view. I want to hold honor to that and I want to stand true to that. And I did make mention of addressing mental health issues and really bringing awareness to that area. Please do not listen if you are faint, like faint of heart and please do not listen if you cannot mentally or emotionally handle it. If you are able to handle it and process it and come out in a positive light, I do encourage that you spread the awareness. Mental health is something that affects so many people and more often than not, mental health is so silent. People are so concerned and ashamed to reach out and that isn't that isn't what we want to create. We need to create a community of openness and willingness to share and willingness to be vulnerable and just acceptance and love for who each other is, who each person is, who each other are. You get what I'm saying. Um, but without any further ado, I would like to introduce one of the strongest women I know. Jamie has such a powerful story and I don't want to give too much of it away um, because when she tells it, it's extremely powerful. But I do want to just kind of introduce her and share a little bit about her family and her journey. And I do want to really make sure that she has the utmost opportunity to be really crystal clear and vulnerable. And um, when I originally reached out to her to ask her if she would speak on my podcast about her experience with mental health, um, she was very open and she was very vulnerable. And we are just going to have an open and raw and real conversation about mental health. Um, Her, her husband and her family in general, I have so much love and so much respect for them. And I just really want to say thank you so much to everybody who is listening and being respectful for the family and being supportive. I want to thank Jamie for her time and her vulnerability. And I want to thank 
the whole family and every single person who has been so supportive of Formal Friday, which you will hear about later in the episode. Um, I want to thank everyone who's been so supportive and just continuing this legacy. If there's any way that you can support Formal Friday, whether it's a share or a like or a comment or post a picture, um, please do that. Please do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope that you genuinely learn and take something away from this episode. The honest truth is, you know, January 19th is a day that shattered my family. It's a day that can never fully be understood. With my brother's passing, I thought I knew um, and was aware of like what they call flags or um, things to be aware of or signs. We, I worried that he, he was depressed and gonna, now he came out of that. He came out of that. He was working a good job in oil field maintenance. He had, my brother had literally just did a thousand dollars worth of dental work the week before he killed himself. And we had another roommate living with us at the time, Colin. And at 3 a.m. in the morning, I got a phone call from Colin, who had discovered my brother hanging in the basement. I didn't want the police to be the ones to tell my parents. I, um, I heard my mom's heart shatter. I, to this day, um, have, you know, um, yeah, leftover grief from that that I never properly dealt with. Um, This is also why I am talking so much about it now, um, about suicide and mental health, because I realized I didn't get the proper help the first time. And it's, I, I know this is, is, is going to be even harder. Not that the loss of my brother wasn't hard, but I screamed the same heartbreaking yell that my mom did. And I... I truly wish I could just, like, be with you and hug you and... I know. Um, um, the bond of mother and child. You created him. January 19th. Um... Normal day in our house. Zach went off to school. Scott went off to work. I went to town. I brought a uh, crock pot of homemade soup to town for lunch at the shop. We were sitting there eating, and our shop windows faces. You can see when people are pulling into Walmart parking lot. And um, Zach has a very distinct truck. So we could see people going in Walmart, and we saw Zach at around 11-ish, lunchtime-ish. And he, uh, we called him and said, hey, what are you doing? He, we said, do you want to come for lunch? We have soup over here. And he says, uh, no, no, it's okay. I'm just going to go get my free coffee from McDonald's and um, take my break there or whatever. We're like, okay, yeah. So um, at about 1.30, 1-ish, Scott gets a call from Brayden 
And I had just happened to be pulling my car into our shop because I needed air in the tire and Scott was going to put air in my tire. So I just opened my door or whatever to talk to him and his phone rang and it was Brayden. I could kind of hear the conversation through the phone and um, Brayden says, have you talked to Zach? And Scott says, well, we talked to him. He was going to Walmart like just an hour or so ago. And he says, um, well, I think you need to call Zach. I think you need to talk to Zach. Zach's friend Haley, she was a supervisor at McDonald's and uh, they were friends. They would cruise. Haley had messaged Brayden saying Zach had been saying some things that had her concerned. The comment that led his friend to be concerned was, is there's no good in life. And at 17, that's so heartbreaking to think because there's so much. There's love, there's marriage, graduation, careers, travel, um, friends, family. You know, Braden and Zach had talked about um, doing a brother trip, you know, this two brothers in a car and tour around part of the States. Me and Zach were supposed to go to Italy for his grad trip, but unfortunately we, that's when COVID hit and she can't reach Zach. And when he, Braden said not once, but twice, you need to check on Zach. I don't know what it was, but it felt like all of a sudden all the air in the shop, just like it sucked out. And I was like, I just nicely pulled in my car in the shop and he shut the door. I'm like, open the door, open the door, open the door. I gotta go home. The school's one way and home's the other way. And I'm like, fine, you go check the school. I'm going home. This resonating, get home, get home, get home, get home was in my head. Um, before you get to my house, we can see from the gravel road down quite a ways because we have hills. I could see the house. I could see his truck in the driveway. And I was thinking, thank God, right? Like being in a room with your headphones on, playing your games. So I now had Scott on the phone with me as I drive into the driveway. And I'm telling him, this does not sit right. There's something telling me there's something wrong. Really wrong that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. Scott tried to tell me not to go in the house alone. And I told him that's impossible because what happens if I can help, but I can't stand outside that door. I pulled into our driveway. I opened the garage door, pulled my car in as per normal. At first, nothing seemed unusual, right? But when I got out of my car and I went to walk around the front of my car, I could see the gun safe was unlocked and open. And then I began to realize what I was seeing around the safe. Walked around the corner and my baby was on the floor. I kneeled down beside him and held his hand and screamed out, why? It didn't have to be this way. I would have done anything. I would have fixed anything. I wish he would have known at 17 
There was so much that could have been done to give him so many more years. When I was on the phone to 911, there, I tell them I need help. And they're like, what kind of help do you need? And I'm like, I don't know. I already know at this point. I need help. But in all honesty, no one can help him. So I just said, I don't know, everyone, please, ambulance, just send me help. They asked for my address. Now I've lived in the same house for 17 years. I couldn't remember it. I couldn't remember it. I went blank. And then I was downstairs given the address when Scott made it to the top of our driveway. And he went to go in the garage and I physically blocked him. I honestly felt that if Scott went in there, I knew instantly it would be a longer battle, a longer pain, a long harder for him to um, process. It would take a lot of him. It would, you know, it takes a lot out of me, but, you know, I've, my level of grief with my brother, not the Scott didn't experience it was his, but it was his brother-in-law. But the closer it is to you, the harder it is, I think. I say it was desensitized, but it's the worst. It's the worst scene. I, I wanna maybe you haven't heard this enough, but I wanna I wanna let you know that you are completely so strong and you have been such a rock for them and such a support system for them. And, and what you did to save your husband from, you know, a completely different situation is, is nothing short of astounding. I was already prior to this dealing with mental issues. So I had already had um, a history with my doctor that we were trying to work on. I was struggling really bad to cope. So my doctor, you know, um, was trying to help me the way you know help me talked about um other methods of help like meditation box breathing and peer groups um, um helpline numbers um you know uh suggestions and ideas um that one can do on their own for help and some of them i didn't realize you don't care about until you need them which is one of the things i wish was more talked about my experience with mental health issues have been so many that I, I I'm at a point that I have to say things about it I have to talk about it I thought I already was but I feel these days obviously not enough because the message still missed my own son's ears so maybe I'm supposed to do something about them. Um, so I'm sharing them. I'm talking about them. Formal Friday is what it's turned into. I didn't really create Formal Friday. Um, it actually was an experience with Brayden, my oldest son. He was in grade six. And uh, for one of his classes, they had broken down into groups. They needed to be dressed up. 
And well, him and another schoolmate, they both commented to each other, wow, you kind of look good, you know, snazzy, right? And um, the two of them felt so good about it that they said, well, why don't we dress like this again next week? And they decided on Friday because they didn't have gym on Friday, so they didn't have to <laughs> get undressed and get all sweaty to get back into them. Braden, anyways, decided to keep doing it. He, he loves it. He wore formal wear all the way through till he graduated high school. I love that. Since Zach's passing, talking about Zach with Braden um, doesn't seem easy or open. So right after Zach passed away, St. Michael's School did another official form on Friday and sent me the pictures. And the pictures just melted my heart because I know it's a tribute to my family, right? To Zach. It also involved a piece of Braden. Um, when I showed it to Braden and she said, hey, look, <laughs> your tradition carries on, right? Formal Friday, right? He, he wanted to talk about it. It's like an avenue for us to share about Zach that he's willing to communicate about on certain levels. Um, and I understand he has his own grieving process, but as his mom um, and current situation, you know, I, I worry about how he's doing. Um, so formal Friday, the fact that he wanted to talk about it when I showed him the kids pictures, made something in my mind and says, okay, if you want to talk about So that's when I posted the first challenge. It's healing or helping um, for an avenue for me and Braden to communicate about Zach's passing. Um, and to feel good about honoring Zach as a person. And, and we did touch on it a little bit, but I, I, I would like to kind of dig a little bit deeper if you're willing I, I would like to know kind of what the effect of Formal Friday has had on your family behind the scenes. Um, I think it's, you know, it's soul soothing, I guess is the word, uh, on Fridays to, to see these things come in, um, to see how many are listening, who care, who are supporting us. Um, We've always felt blessed to be in the small community we are, but in, in this time, wow, is all I can say. Um, local businesses have supported the idea. For us, um, it helps make the other days, believe it or not. Um, you, you, we feel good on Saturday because you're kind of living off the um, joys of Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Honestly, it tends to be some of my rougher days for me personally. Um, but at the same point, by when Wednesday night, Thursday, I'm getting anticipation and, um, you know, trying to think, okay, you have to, telling myself, okay, you have to get up and get showered and pull yourself together, you know, um, I think it's cute that I see Braden Thursday night, you know, ironing his dress shirt and prepping his outfit for the next day, 
um, it, it's nice. It's helping us. You know, the three of us could sit at home and dwell in our pain by ourselves. I mean, our, our immediate loved ones. But it's helping us process our grief, I think, at um, an easier level to process. You know, it's not all, it's not just us processing it. We see we have so much support processing. Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of what we get out of it right now. Who I am on a daily basis, it comes in waves. The strength comes in waves. But the one thing that's been happening with Formal Friday um, growing every week is as Friday approaches, as we hit Thursday, I find the strength high. I go to bed feeling good. Knowing that when I wake up in the morning, 90% of the time, there's already a picture or two there for me to smile at. Someone has already thought, not only about me, but of Zach that day. You know, um, maybe it makes someone reach out to someone they haven't talked to in a while. Maybe see a face that you haven't seen in a while. Um, it, it's... We call it Formal Friday for Mental Health Awareness. Um, and I did challenge people to dress up and post picture, but it's not, it's not the key. It's where I started. And when I started it, I didn't know what I was doing or, you know, was I going to push this? It's about taking the time to connect with others for even a moment just the lack of human contact people don't realize we're missing these days it's really affecting a lot on mental health like I don't disregard the illness COVID but my struggles is the personal human being or human contact levels and our outlets for um stress relief gyms, hiking trails, parks, um, you know, support groups have all had to go online. And, you know, when you're sharing emotional things to do that over a line or whatnot, and not be able to do it together, where you can, you know, witness and feel that pain and help them relieve it and hug them through their pain. And, you know, them, those are needed things in mental health. You are so strong and so powerful. And what you're doing is genuinely is genuinely making an impact. Like, I think it's so, so important what you're spreading and the awareness that you're creating. I mean, like, I think about it and if someone has a broken leg, they're not afraid to ask for help. Right. They're not afraid to go to the doctor. And I think that's the level of comfortability that we need to have or the level of comfort that we need to have speaking about mental health. And so your story and the fact that you are so open and willing to share in hopes of just helping even one person is is truly amazing and truly inspiring and 
of like, I just, I want to thank you so much for being so genuine and authentic and raw and real. I need to share these words out of my body because, and these experiences, because some days it's so heavy on my soul. And I know there's others that have, are feeling that way, you know, feeling heavy in the soul and the heart. And if I can provide strength and support to one person, one person, then I've reached success. That's my goal. That's, that's, that's what it is, I guess. You are putting so much purpose in Zach's legacy. And I mean, it's so, so honorable and it's so inspiring and powerful that you are so committed to creating that purpose out of out of your tragedy and you know using your using your tragedy to really go and reach out and and I gosh it must be immensely hard on you to consistently you know think about it and talk about it and raise awareness and so I just want to really acknowledge you for the strength that it takes to bring that to the forefront and to bring that as as uncomfortable as it is for you to really just push through that pain and and understand that what you're doing is bringing purpose and you know you're setting your own um and and please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not I'm not trying to like put words into your mouth at all but I, I I get the I get the sense and I get the feeling that you're I mean Maybe this is a way that you're dealing with the grief, but I really get that you're putting your own pain and grief to the side in order to help someone else through theirs and in order to leave a legacy of your son that really inspires others to just keep on pushing and to keep on fighting and to get the help and to be open. And, you know, there there are no words to accurately describe how strong you are and how powerful you are. I am extremely grateful that you were willing to sit down and be open and just have this conversation with me. I'm um, really, really just kind of winging this. And it's, um, it's amazing um, and so appreciative to all the help and support I get, but it truly does not work without others' help. Um, and yeah, the further this can be shared and discussed, I think um, the, the higher the awareness will reach. I have a, I have a couple other kind of questions, if you will, okay? okay. Um, so one of them is, I really wanna know where where can we improve the awareness and understanding around mental health? Like, where do you feel we as a society need to improve our awareness and understanding? Um, first off, it needs to start being talked at, at a younger age. Um, I don't think 
it's communicated with youth and children early enough. Um, a lot of teens, um, there's um, a lot of self-harming issues in that age category. Um, it tends to be the uh, an age category where um, drugs and alcohol could start being abused. Um, just even talking about your emotional well-being. I know for a fact that if I would have went to my kids, um, you know, grade five class and asked them if they knew what the kids helpline was, I really feel some of them would know it's a helpline, obviously, but do they know the number? Do they know how to find it? They might have heard of it. Unfortunately, the school has had to bring in uh, counselors and have had to talk about suicide and mental health now. But I feel we shouldn't have to do it because we're in that situation. I feel we should talk about it to avoid those situations. Yeah. Yeah, like talk about it before the tragedy happens. We talk about it openly because it's a conversation that should be feel safe enough to discuss, unashamed, um, unjudged. It takes more strength to ask for help than to sit and do it by yourself. You do hear of, you know, some famous people, Robin Williams and stuff like that. And it did shine a light to a slight degree on it. Um, but, you know, of course the whole world's gonna talk about a famous actor who, has tragically passed. Um, but why can't we talk about that 17-year-old boy who went to our local high school? Um, why can't we talk about, you know, the 30-year-old mom who, who worked in the bakery? You know what I mean? Um, we just gotta... Um, yeah, I think if we shared um, the true pain that follows with it and whatnot, and um, try to find out how we get people in this position to talk before they feel they have to get to that point. And I think the most major key to do that is to create it or to change the, the way we look at mental health. It shouldn't be a tabooed or stigma talk. Mental health should feel comfortable, openly, safe. And, and um, Friday gives me hope. Friday puts sack in my heart. Um, it, he's with me every Friday. Every Friday. I, I want to know... What are kind of like the next, is is there anything that you have, and I know you said you're just taking things day by day, so there, if there isn't, that's totally fine, but what would you say are kind of the next steps that you're hoping for, or the next goals that you're hoping for, and um, how can our community, how can we support that? Like how, yeah, how can, how can the Make an Impact community support you? So now that this has gotten to the level that it has, and I realize that this is actually 
um, something I can do, I guess. Um, I have started, you know, I'm still taking it day by day, totally. But I have started about thinking about, well, what about tomorrow? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, or next Friday. Um, so I have been looking into um, a lot of things, um, trying to teach myself, learning a lot of things with mental health and stuff like that myself. Um, there is um, a couple of things, uh, other groups out there that could coincide or work with me to help bring more awareness. Um, I'm not going to say any names or anything because I don't know, like, but yeah. Um, I just recently started thinking when we return to um, a more normalized world, I guess, or less restricted world, um, I would love to um, do a fundraiser, like a dinner, formal dinner and dance or whatever, and raise money for mental health. Um, of course, so I can't even contemplate or try to think about something like that until the world gets to a, a healthier place. I haven't thought too much further, but I have started thinking about where, you know, where would I like to see this go? And if anyone has any help or suggestions and want to help me, I'm always open for, you know, um, guidance, advice. Okay, so I mean, um, obviously nothing is kind of like set up or set in stone now. So would you say that the best way that people can really show support is just to post those pictures and keep on um, growing the legacy of Formal Friday? Sure, increasing it. Uh, sharing it, talking about it, um, you know, uh, feel free, you know, to not just post your pictures, uh, words of encouragement. Uh, if you're struggling, ask for help. You know, like we're there, I'm there. Um, if you're strong enough and brave enough to share your own struggles to help others, um, along with me, wonderful, but, um, yeah, right now the best thing is like, let's just keep, let's keep pushing it, the awareness of it, the talking about it, um, the more we talk and bring about Formal Friday to people's knowledge, then, um, I feel it might make the next step easier or more. I might find my next step or be led or guided to the next step. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So right now that's what I ask. I think that's all like, that's the best I have right now. What would you like Zach to be most remembered by? How would you like him to be, how would you like his legacy to be remembered and carried on? He had such a big heart. He was so kind. He worried about so many others sometimes over himself. Um, and I wish, I wish he would have remembered that love on upon himself the way he loved others. So, so intensely. Um, 
he would have done this for any one of his friends. I just want him, I want his smile to be remembered. That that smile sat on a kind, compassionate person who deserves to be remembered as that person and not put in a spot pile of stigma of a person who committed suicide. I had a lady come up and tell me the one day she went to McDonald's to order coffee and she realized she forgot her money. And this was in winter and she told Zach, um, I'm just gonna go out to my car and get it. And, and Zach just reached over, pulled out his bank card out of his pocket and reached over and paid for it. He says, no, that's okay. Yeah, I got it. What an amazing human. But I just want to really let you know that you are giving so much purpose to this. And you are really, you are taking something that is so dark and tragic and painful. And, and you are really transforming it into a beautiful, beautiful legacy of your son that will live on far beyond any of us that I truly believe will live on for generations, for years. Um, and lastly, what is a message that you would like to leave with people? There is amazing strength in everyone. It's just hard to find sometimes. And the strength it takes to admit that you are struggling is the biggest and first step you can take. Um, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Know it's okay to not be okay. And you're not alone and your existence matters. This episode is dedicated to the Mitchell family and in honor of Zachary Mitchell.